We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for May 11th, 2014. And um, the next report, we're going to switch gears here, and it's entitled, Why is the Media Silent About the Crucifixion of Christians by Radical Islamic Jihadists? And it starts out by saying, could you imagine the uproar if the mainstream media that we would see if a member of a politically favored class of people was crucified for who or what they are, there would be it would be front page headlines for weeks. Now, this is if it, it was a politically favored class of people, like uh, Muslims or gays or, let's say, pro-abortion or some super democratic liberal politically favored. Okay, if it's evil, it's going to be praised and honored and worshipped and. This type of stuff, okay? Um, but because members of a politically favored class, in this case the Muslims, are doing it to members of a non-politically favored class, Christians, meaning they're crucifying the Christians, it is not newsworthy at all, according to the media. I mean, have you have you heard about this on CNN? Or any of the other lamestream news outlets? I, I doubt it. In many instances, Christians are being crucified by G- Islamic jihadists that are actually being assisted and funded by the United States and Saudi Arabia. And who knows where else. Yes, our tax dollars are being used to help arm and supply radical jihadists. Here's a picture right on the front here. It's not really that graphic, and that's why I left it, of a Christian that's been uh, crucified um, over there, I believe, in uh, Syria. And uh, it's right here. I mean, it's not like they really try to hide this stuff. It's just that the mainstream media won't report on it because, you know. But you better believe if it was Muslims being so-called persecuted or gays or whatever, it would be absolute front-page news worldwide because evil is the, is what is being protected here. So, <clears throat> um, our tax dollars are being used to help arm and supply radical jihadists, beheading and crucifying Christians, and yet none of the big media organizations consider this to be news. How sick and twisted do you have to be to crucify a little child for being a Christian? Of course, you never heard about any of this from the mainstream media, but that is exactly what happened in Syria recently. Uh, Miss Rahingi, who is a nun and former head of a Catholic school in Damascus, explained the horrific event. See, they don't distinguish between people that are actually truly born-again Bible-believing Christians and people that are Catholics or Coptic Christians that have a works-based, um, orthodox-type mentality. And that's really sad because they're literally being crucified so that they can end up going to hell for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying that there's no way they could possibly ever be saved, but if they adhere to those religious, religious tenets in that cult-like pseudo-Christian belief system, I'm sorry, you know, they're, they're on their way to hell. And, um, anyway, this Miss Raghita, who's this nun and former head of the Catholic school in Damascus, said that, um, Islam or death, quote, Islam or death, was the choice given to many Christians in Syria on Tuesday during the height of the conflict in Syria. Uh, she said many Syrian Christians have been affected by the atrocities taking place, in the Christian population of this Middle Eastern country, an area once known for harmonious coexistence of Muslims and Christians. Now, again, that's never, ever, ever 
going to be the case for very long, typically. The Muslims are only going to be in harmonious coexistence with any other group um, up until the point where they have the numbers to start going out and force converting people and really throwing their weight around. When they get to enough numbers where they have enough power in any given community, it is a proven statistical fact, and they would be the first ones to admit it by their own uh, admissions that once you cross a certain threshold of population with Islam, and obviously with the more radical elements of Islam, um, they're going to come and they're going to try to you know chop your head off if you don't want to convert or, and do all other sorts of uh, sorts of barbaric uh, behavior. So, um, let's go further here. According to Miss Raghita, the Muslims came to two youths or children and said, "Quote: So you want to die as a? Do you want to die as a teacher in whom you trust? To die as a teacher in whom you trust? Um, I don't really see how that makes sense. But anyway, please choose." either to renounce your faith or you will be crucified. The boys who refused to renounce faith in Jesus Christ were then martyred because of it. One of them was crucified in front of his father, who was then killed. Okay, because they've just got to be the most sadistic, evil, demon-possessed to the toenail vessels for Satan that they can possibly be, you know. I mean, you've got to give them a real satanic A for effort. The nun went on to tell the radio station that the jihadists entered the city of Malula and started killing men, women, and children. According to her report, they killed and played football with the heads of those murdered. Uh, Miss Rahida also said the killers took pregnant women and um, uh, cut them open, pulled out their babies from their wombs, and hung them on a tree by their umbilical cords. See, this is Islam. This is Islam in all of its satanic, disgusting, despicable, debauched, debased glory. This is what this is the side I like to cover. Because this is Islam in its purest sense. This is jihad, or in their terms, holy war. Okay? Kill and slay the infidels, which is what the Quran tells them to do in all of their other unholy books. This is what Islam's all about. This kind of brutality is absolutely unprecedented. Who has ever heard of such a thing being done to pregnant women and children? Well, I'm, I'm sure through antiquity it's been done. But this is the modern day version of, you know, the most widely known satanic death cult that's ever roamed the planet. Um, you think that the crimes of this magnitude would be front page news all over the globe, but instead they're mostly just silence. Uh, about only them, and, and again, you know, we can see why they're being protected because they're pure evil and evil's protected in today's day and age. About the only mainstream news outlet in the U.S. that will even touch this is Fox News, and even they don't give it a front page treatment. Usually you have to really dig to find a brief story about the slaughter of Christians that we are seeing all over the planet. As I mentioned above, the jihadists that are doing this have the support of Saudi Arabia and the United States. The Obama administration, well, Obama's a Muslim, and Saudi Arabia are desperately trying to overthrow the Syrian government, and Obama seems to have no problem allying us with some of the most despicable jihadists on the entire planet in order to make that happen. The brutality against Christians by U.S.-backed fighters has been going on for month after month with very little notice from the outside world. I've reported on this several times since 
this modern, this this most uh, recent conflict in Syria has taken place. And it goes on to say, and of course, Syria is far from the only place where we see this kind of brutality on a consistent basis. For example, Christians are regularly slaughtered by radical jihadists in Nigeria. Um, the following is just one example. While many of us were enjoying our Friday evenings, a massacre was taking place in Nigeria that left about 100 to 150 Christians dead and around 200 homes burned to the ground. At about 10 p.m. Nigeria last night, while villagers were asleep, more than 40 Islamic Fulini herdsmen attacked three villages in Manchok, which is located in southern Kaduna, Nigeria. Southern Kaduna is predominantly Christian. These jihadi attackers first set fire to the homes and when the Christians attempted to escape their homes, they were shot dead or butchered with machetes. So unless you want to stay in there and bake in, in the fire, okay, if you dare come out, we're going to shoot you dead or butcher you with machetes. This is Islam, you know. The ones who could not escape their homes burned to death. No one attacked was spared, including women and children. A pastor, his wife, and their children of one of the villages were said to be among the butchered. Have you heard about the incident before? And they believe, you know, they're doing this for, you know, because for their God, for Allah. They believe this is what, and, and it is what Allah is telling them to do. It is what that devil, fallen angel, the moon God, would want them to do, obviously. It's not the God of the Bible, but, you know, they serve Satan. They serve his fallen angels and his devils and demons, and they're possessed by them totally, fully, and wholly, and they carry out the devil's will. So, this goes on to say, you probably haven't heard about this incident before now, probably not. You see, the truth is, is that the elite control the matrix known as the mainstream media, and they don't consider such stories to be important. You probably haven't heard about the young Christian woman that was dragged out of her car and beaten to death by a Muslim mob in Egypt, either. Fortunately, there are some non-mainstream outlets that are covering this, and there's a link to that story. Eyewitnesses have given a harrowing account of the murder in Cairo of a young Coptic Christian woman hauled out of her car and beaten and stabbed to death by a Muslim mob, apparently targeted because of a cross hanging from her rearview mirror. So you got a cross hanging from your rearview mirror? That's a death sentence, and not only a death sentence, but a really, really horrific, humiliating death sentence, you know, in front of the whole town. And to say that she was beaten to death doesn't really capture the full horror of what happened to her. Protesters climbed onto her car, collapsing the roof, then hauled her from the vehicle, beating her, mauling her, to the extent that he said that portions of her scalp were torn off, she was stabbed multiple times, her throat was slit, and when she was dead, the mob torched her car. Uh, this is evil to the highest degree. This is Islam. Okay? But even in the midst of the slowest news year in ages, the mainstream media still won't touch this stuff. There is an extreme hesitance in the Western world to report anything that will put, put Muslims in a bad light or Christians in a good light. Meanwhile, as Christians are being slaughtered by Muslims all over the globe, the Western world is doing all that it can to shut down criticism of Islam. For instance, the leader of a political party in the UK could be facing up to two years in prison for the hate crime of quoting Winston Churchill. Political party leader Paul Weston was arrested by police and faces up to two years in jail for criticizing the religion of Islam during a public speech in the United Kingdom. Weston's uh, quote of, of um, Winston Churchill was considered a racially aggravated hate crime. 
racially aggravated hate crime of this devil, dark, black abyss from the pit of hell death cult. Weston's arrest reveals the chilling implementation of thought crime in Britain and how political correctness is being used as a weapon with which to destroy the edifice of freedom of speech across the Western world. For more on this, that story, there's a link here, and it says, criticizing Islam is now a thought crime. You can read the the quote that he read from Winston Churchill, which was true, totally true. And in the U.S., great efforts are being made to make Muslims as comfortable as possible in our schools, because we want to accommodate these devils. We really do, obviously. Even as Christian prayers are being banned, entire prayer rooms are being set aside for Muslim students in schools all over the country. In addition, many school systems are now giving students days off during major Muslim holidays. In fact, this will soon be happening in New York City. New York City is moving... uh, is moving to close for two Muslim holidays and the Lunar New Year. But that is nothing compared to what's happened at one high school in Colorado, as students recited the Pledge of Allegiance with the words, Under God, replaced by Under Allah. The principal at Rocky Mountain High School in Fort Collins, Colorado, is facing a hailstorm of criticism uh, from some very angry parents and residents. The school recites the Pledge of Allegiance weekly on Mondays, Last Monday, a member of their cultural arms club led the student body in an Arabic version of the pledge, replacing the words under God with under Allah. In the U.S., people are bending over backwards to make the Muslim minority feel more comfortable. Wait till they, wait till they get to that cutoff point that I talked to you about, where there are a certain amount. Not only that, there's so many sleeper cells that are just getting ready to go live or go hot that have been here for years. I mean, that in and of itself is, is just something that's waiting in the wings. But in Muslim countries, Christians are being beaten to death, beheaded, crucified. Very few people in the Western world would want to even talk about it. Our society has become so politically correct that it cannot even denounce this great evil that is happening right in front of our eyes. Um, So, I have some comments here about this. And... With the wonderful wonderful religion of peace known as Islam having no problem butchering Christians on a Holocaust scale throughout the world, it is no wonder that the following facts about Islam are also true. And these are just a few things that, that I've I pulled from I've got I don't know, it's a it's a attachment on Islam. It's I don't even know. 70, 80 pages of just documenting their atrocities. There, there's there's no way I mean, most of it I don't even copy and paste in there, I I can't even hardly keep up with all of their atrocities. This is just some. Suicide terrorist who killed 21 and wounded 50 Israelis receives the highest honor from Palestine Committee of Arab Lawyers Union, uh, just one of thousands of similar awards commonly presented to Muslim mass murderers. I mean, they really, really honor these uh, suicide bombers who kill innocent civilians and children and women. They, they, They give them the highest honor. Um, Christian's blood for Saudi Arabian Muslims is big business. There's a whole uh, our report on that where they're actually selling the Christian's blood uh, to the Muslims because they're such sick devils. Uh, parental alert. Okay, you might want to uh, stop this and and uh, uh, not let the children hear this. Um, I always try to tone things down, but there's so much you can do about certain things that you're trying to expose. So, um, 
sexual perversion in Islam is beyond evil. Let me begin with a quote from a fatwa by the late and unlamented Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran, and you've told, heard me tell that story about the good old Ayatollah Khomeini, how he had went into his one of his adherents that one night, and he saw his, I think, three-year-old daughter, and he took a shine to her, evidently, and said, you know, I want to have a temporary marriage with your little daughter, and him being the good Muslim that he was, felt honored that this old debauched devil from the pit of hell would be so honored as to defile his daughter, and he had his way with her, evidently, the whole night, heard her little screams the whole night, and then came out refreshed the next morning and went his merry way. Um... May burn in hell white hot is, is about all I can really say. You do that to a three-year-old little girl, you know, you, as far as I'm concerned, have forfeited your right to live, you debauched sick devil. Um, uh-huh. Anyway, I told Khomeini, here's a quote from him, and, and this shouldn't come as any surprise considering what I just said, okay? A man can marry a, a girl younger than nine years of age, even if the girl is still a baby being breastfed. Okay? Okay, this isn't like something that Muhammad said 500 or whatever, how many thousands of years ago. Okay? No, no, no. This is something that this devil, modern day, basically, said. So you can, you can still, you can marry a young girl, even if they're a baby being breastfed. A man, however, is pro- prohibited from having intercourse. With a girl younger than nine. Oh, okay, well, what a guy, you know, to say that. But other acts, such as foreplay, rubbing, kissing, and sodomy are allowed. Sodomy. Sodomy. Okay, so that means that it says a girl girl can be married as a baby. You can't have intercourse with her till she's nine, but as a baby... You can have foreplay, rubbing, kissing, and sodomy. This is Islam. This is the face of Islam. I just want to put forward to the whole world and shove it in their face and and say, this is Islam in all of its glory. What do you think? You know? What do you think about this religion of peace? Then he goes on to say, a man having intercourse with a younger girl than nine years of age has not committed a crime, though. Okay, I mean, even if you break down and have, you know, intercourse with the girl, and not, you know, not sodomy, but regular intercourse, okay, that's still, yeah, you've, you've committed, uh, you, you haven't committed a crime. I mean, let's not go that far, okay, but only an infraction. Just a slap on the wrist. It's like it's like when you you jaywalk, or or if I get you know um, I'm in a no loading zone and I park there, you know something like that. You know, oh, I, I, the parking meter ran out and, and uh, I got a the meter maid or whatever gave me a ticket. Oh boy, just an infraction. Okay, if you have inter- intercourse with her under the age of nine. If the girl is not permanently damaged, that that's the infraction, though. If, if the girl's not permanently damaged. If the girl, however, is permanently damaged, the man must provide for all his life. So, hey, well, you got to be a stand-up guy in that case, you know. But this girl will not count as one of the man's four permanent wives. So he'll just kind of put her on the back burner for the rest. Yeah, he's got to take care of her. Yeah, she's the baggage I really don't want to remember or think about or, or deal with. And yeah, I know, according to Islam, I got to, 
you know, take care of her. But, you know, she's she's out of sight, out of mind type of thing. I still have my four permanent wives. So I still have my Islamic honor, you know, to, to, to think about there. So, um, hey, I mean, the Islamic creator and pedophile prophet Muhammad married a six-year-old girl named Aisha and admitted to consummating the marriage when she was nine. Okay, and that's what he admitted to. And Aisha is, is a, pro- I mean, if this isn't a rumor, this happened. And he admitted it happened, and Aisha even has writings. Okay, and so, hey, you know, marriage is six years. And this, again, when you, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This is the type of, of, of pervert and, and, and uh, child pedophiles that we're dealing with in mass. Now, you think about it. This, these same spirits that emanated and started from Islam, from Muhammad, from these Arabic devils uh, that emanate through this religion, they permeate through the religion, okay? And this is why, you know, you've got all of these, these sick things being done to, um, you know, all of these little girls and daughters in, in these, these marriages where they're getting married, you know. Here it's, he's saying you, you can marry them when they're breastfeeding as a baby, and, and all of these, the things with the genital mutilation, and then you look at the dancing boys of Afghanistan, you don't believe that, just do a keyword search in, um, YouTube. It was a BBC documentary. I mean, it's some really sick stuff. I mean, they're taking these, these, they're dressing these boys up in these little, like, girls, like Arabic girls, having them come out and dance for all of these debauched, drooling, old, perverted men. A lot of them are young, even. Men. And then they're bidding on them at the end of the night to see which one gets to, you know, take him home and make him his little sex slave. I mean, and, and it's considered a status symbol there. I mean, we're talking the most debased, evil things you can even conceive in your mind. The, the video that I had talked about where they, they literally, our government had captured them, like, with infrared, having, put it this way, having intercourse with goats, one after another, on one mountain, and I think it was in, might have been Afghanistan or whatever, it was, it was up on the internet like about a month ago. And it was showing them, one after the other. I mean, granted they were a little far away, but you could tell what was going on. This is Islam. This is, and if they have no problem doing that, it's no wonder they've got no problem butchering people and killing Christians and showing no mercy whatsoever. If there was ever a religion to pray Psalm 64 regarding, regarding God <laughs> dealing with these people, praying that if it be possible, their souls be saved. But if not, I mean, you get to a certain point, I'm sorry, but when you get into the whole child pedophilia stuff and that, and that, I just don't see a lot of people getting saved coming out of that. I mean, have you ever heard of anybody, oh, I used to be a child pedophile and I, and now I'm a born again, but I just don't, I've heard of, like I said, the, Gay, some gay people, yeah, but I think there might be a line you cross with God, and it's it's over. Now, I'm not God. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying, though, of all vermin slithering around on the planet, I would have to say child pedophiles and probably abortion doctors would be the lowest likely thing on the planet that could ever get saved from a statistical basis. Okay. So I'm giving myself a hair bit of leeway there, but I'm just talking in, you know, generalities here about that subject. So, um, this is the type of, of, of uh, people you're dealing with. And if they can 
do this stuff to little children. It's no wonder all of these atrocities are being committed by them. Um, here's one, a whole video, of the Quran's evil missing verses on stopping lust by letting um, your wives breastfeed younger adult men. I think I mentioned this not too long ago. But yeah, they, there's, there's a whole thing um, that these are the supposedly the missing verses in the Quran, but they're taught. Supposedly, like Aisha, the, six, the one he married when he was six, wrote this. And, I don't know, <laughs> some goat ate it or something it said. But anyway, they've wormed their way back into Islamic teachings, and this is something that they're actually encouraging now by stopping lust of other Islamic men by letting your wife breastfeed younger adult men. That's the great way to stop lust, if you ask me. I mean, hey, what's not to, you know, uh, I can understand that totally. I mean, right, obviously, sarcasm to the hilt there. According to numerous narrations of the Hadith, the Quran is supposed to contain verses about breastfeeding adults. Again, just... And you know what's so... Well, here, I'm going to get to that in a second. I'll bring that point up in a second. Here's another one. California Muslim Hadar Nassim tells his hired hitman to, quote, run over my pregnant wife and park on her head to make sure she's dead. Okay? Why did he want to have her killed? Well, they were having difficulties in their marriage, and Nassim had already been through one divorce. And he viewed another divorce as, quote, culturally unacceptable. You know, the whole Muslim pride thing, the Muslim shame thing. So, by all means, to save himself a little embarrassment, he opted for a better plan, which was to hire someone to murder his wife and unborn child. His, his wife was pregnant, and he told her to run over my pregnant wife and park on her head to make sure she's dead. So there's a whole link to that. The, you, typically, they get that all on recording. You know, because that's how they, they convict the people. They, the, the guy who's the supposed hitman wears a wire, gets the whole recording. This is the type of people, these, these honor, honor killings and this and this type of stuff, you know, they don't have any problem with this. These, these people are, are so far gone. They're, they're, their minds, their hearts, every beat, every part of them is so darkened, like, like a pit of hell if you could look into their soul. They, they don't have a problem doing any of this. This is like, ah, you know, whatever. Just saw this yesterday. Here's another example of their unbelievable hypocrisy. Extremely deadly virus will come from the Muslim world. Um, who love to drink camel urine. Camel urine is a miracle of our time and it is a gift from Muhammad to mankind. Evidently, Muhammad invented camel urine. I guess. This is, I guess, how they kind of view this. These are actual Muslim quotes. I could not even watch these videos on this link because they show these people mixing. <laughs> they're eating, some of them, they, they eat raw camel meat and they, okay, I get camel milk, okay, I guess. But they're mixing the camel milk and the urine together and drinking it. Right fresh and frothy, right from the camel. There's videos that shows this child, oh, I don't know, he's probably like 10 going up there, and the camel's peeing, and he's basically, you know, getting it right from the tap. 
as the article describes. I mean, he's, he's like, has his hands cupped and he's, oh, it's so disgusting. I mean, and this is just one of the debauched, but yet, don't get a, a, a half a stick of bacon near any of them because they're going to all die if you do that. You realize that because they'll be defiled. But I'm sure drinking a, a, a liter of fresh camel urine right out of the camel, that's, that's, that's fine though. That's good. That's all, that's all fine and dandy. Cotton candy. So, advertisements for camel urine are running wild throughout the Middle East. For shiny hair and a solution for baldness, one ad boasts that they will deliver anywhere in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. When spoken about camel urine, the so-called experts give thanks to Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, for his provision and bountiful blessing of this urine. Prayers and peace be upon our master Muhammad. The bountiful blessing is camel urine. If MERS, which I actually, um, I think I put out an email today on it, MERS, this, 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 um, um, It's got a 30% kill rate. Okay, if you get it. There's two cases right now that are documented in America. And they're basically pegging this stuff starting in the Middle East. And they're they're thinking that there's a very high likelihood that it's coming from this drinking of this raw camel urine. Which is obviously totally unnatural. There is no Bible. There is no nothing out there. And I don't care. The only things that will get you to drink your own urine, which Gandhi did evidently every morning, had a nice glass of his own urine, are cult religions like Hinduism, Buddhism. I mean, you know, they get you to eat your own feces and tantric sex yoga. I mean, drink your own urine, eat your own feces. Anything that's evil and debauched, all of these cults will eventually lead you into it. And now, here we have Islam that's been doing this probably for centuries and centuries and centuries. I, do, I wasn't even aware of this part of their debauchery. Okay? There is no Bible for doing any of that. Okay? So stay away from this. I've had people email me about urine therapy and, and almost to the point of, of being clearly like distraught and, and upset and, oh, I can't believe I've got to do it, but I, I'm just so convinced by reading the article, I'm like, uh, and I promptly debunk it for them, okay? I've, I've even got an attachment, I believe, that does that on urine therapy. Um, anyway, uh, let's go further. If MERS is one of the biblical pronounced judgments, it is noteworthy that such disease stems from the obeying of the harlot religion in Arabia, Islam, which spreads her sorceries throughout the whole earth. And um, here's the video of the Saudi Arabian boy eliminating the middleman and drinking fresh camel urine straight from the camel. So he's, he's you know, right there. Uh, I don't know if you want to watch it, but it's like a 15-second video. But they're doing this. There's video after video after video. There's, like, like Islamic talk shows where they're showing it and drinking it and showing all these wonderful things you can do with it. It's like it's a camel. Have you ever been around a camel? They are, are really disgusting creatures, dude. They really are. Not that I want to see them harm done to them or whatever. I love animals. But there's some disgusting creatures, okay? And they take this disgusting creature and have this fixation on its own urine. 
But, you know, hey, if they've got no problem doing all the other stuff that I just talked about, this really shouldn't be any surprise to us. So now let's go on to the newest subject about the whole uh, Boko Haram outrage. Uh, Witnesses groups slaughtered 150 uh, on top of 276 schoolgirls abducted last month. This has been front page news. I'm really surprised they would cover this. But see, what they do in the mainstream media is when they cover stuff like this, they call it some type of insurgent group. And they'll go out of their way to really, 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 really downplay the Islamic component of it. Okay? To the nth degree. And it's all, you have to look at what what's motivating these people. Well, it's Islam. It's, it's Allah. It's their god Satan, essentially. That's what's motivating them. But obviously they always downplay this. So these are just a few videos... Um, from uh, CNN, where they're, they're pretty short, and they get into some of the atrocities that we're dealing with here. Nigeria's first lady breaks down in tears, overcome like her country at the plight of hundreds of schoolgirls kidnapped by Boko Haram. Wow, I wish we had a first lady like that. I mean, if she's being sincere. Well, he's totally breaking down, crying out over these all these 276 schoolgirls that were kidnapped from their parents by these Islamic devils. Um, that's what you were hearing. An Islamic militant group that reveres Al-Qaeda and opposes Western education, especially for females. Because, you know, they always treat the females so good in Islam. I mean, it's such an enviable position to be in a female. Can you, can you imagine, uh, I mean, for a woman, a more horrific life, a more terrifying life to live than being an Islamic woman? I mean, I, I, have, I have nothing but compassion for, for anyone caught in that system. I mean, now granted, a lot of them want to be in the system and they like it and they're just as bad as the guys and they're not really the ones I'm talking about. But these poor, poor things that are either kidnapped or, or, you know, uh, these children and all, it's just, it's terrible. I mean, the Bible says we're supposed to try to defend the fatherless and defend the little ones and the orphans and, and, and the children and, 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 and the, the weaker vessels among us like the women. And I think that compels me a lot to do these studies on Islam because they so impose and force their will on, on anyone that's weaker than them. You know, and they're the absolute quintessential essence of a satanic bully taken to the to the highest degree. And I can't stand bullies. And and these these guys are the worst. Girls, you should go and get married. I will repeat this: Western education should fold up. This is Boku Haram speaking here. The 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 their spokesperson. Boko Haram has waged a five-year campaign of terror, killing thousands of men, women, and children in attacks on mosques and churches, schools, and villages. But it's reached a new level of depravity with its latest move, abducting schoolgirls for human trafficking. This man claims to be the leader of Boko Haram, Abu Bakr Shakao. I abducted your girls. I will sell them in the market by Allah. There is a market for selling humans. So, I mean, you know, everything's by Allah. 
You know, Allah told me to do this. Allah, this, you got to be really careful if you're starting to hear voices in your head, what it's telling you to do. I mean, I was sorry, but I came out of the charismatic movement where that was like standard procedure. You know, and, and so much of the time, almost every single time I was ever told to do anything by any other charismatic, when I acted upon it, I thought, you know what, you never, you weren't here from God at all, were you? Because what you told me to do was a lie. It, it didn't work out. It, it, it was, you know. But they're so consumed with the experience of hearing the voice in the head or whatever they think they are hearing or getting their ears tickled that they just go right back for more. It's like the dog returning to his own vomit. I'm sorry, but I mean, that's what I saw over and over and over again. And that's why the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Does that mean I think we couldn't hear God's voice? No, I'm not saying that. Okay, but but to constantly go around, never-ending, 24-7, and then to be doling out all of this supposedly prophetic advice, which always, always goes hand-in-hand with extreme pride which blinds you just like it did Satan when he fell well that's a recipe for disaster sorry I got off on track there the horror of his threat is now drawing global attention sparking demonstrations in London and in Washington the fact that you're looking for an education and then you're snatched in the middle of the night that to me is deplorable the US is reiterating offers of help It would include U.S. military personnel, law enforcement officials with expertise in investigations and hostage negotiations. Nigeria is well... We've known all this stuff's been going on. We've supported these organizations, especially under Obama, with all of his Islamic czars, him being an Islamic person himself, born in Kenya, the whole nine yards. This is just something that's got out of control a little bit from a press standpoint. So now they've got to play the big boy scout and try to supposedly step in and, you know, do the right thing. Where in reality, Obama and his minions are loving all this stuff going on and all of the other stuff I've mentioned worldwide. Welcoming help. The question is, will it arrive in time to save the hundreds of girls who face being sold as child brides or slaves? When I went into the school compound, nobody will ever stand it. You will see their dresses scattered all over. Now, this is a man they're interviewing anonymously who was in one of the villages, I guess, when they abducted these uh, 200-some schoolgirls. It says, you'll see their dresses cut out all over. And the, the, the hostel and the dormitory, everything was burned into ashes. Everything was burned into ashes. So, the watchman told us that they have gone with our daughters. They've stolen our daughters. Describe for us what life is like living in Shibok with the threat of the Islamist insurgency there. Life is very dangerous in Shibok right now. Since on 14th of April to date, we don't sleep at home. You don't sleep at home? We don't sleep at home. Around 5, 6, people will disappear to the bush because there is no security. There is no security. So, I guess if they try to sleep in the village, five or six people will, will disappear into the bush because there's nobody there to protect them. I guess they don't have any watches or whatever. Maybe they don't have any guns. And so, they live in constant terror. They don't sleep at all. And again, this is Islam. This is the fruit of Islam. You sleep in the bush. We sleep in the bush with all our little ones. They've got to go out into the woods 
into the bush, as he calls it, with their little ones, and try to pick places to hide where they're not um, going to be abducted during the night, is what he's saying here. Life in Chibok, it looks like uh, we have no hope. Have you seen any large groups of soldiers, any kind of search and rescue operation that you can tell is meant to bring your daughter? When I'm hearing this over the media, even it provokes me. Like the federal government or the rulers are playing with we parents. They are, they are looking at us as we are fools. Had it been there is military men who went into the bush to rescue our daughters, we would have to see them. So in other words, he's saying they're liars. The government's doing nothing at all. Which, I don't know, maybe makes that lady crying so hard at the beginning a total farce. I don't know. I don't know how involved she is with the literal, their federal government there. I don't know. I mean, it's their first lady or whatever, so. Um, but, and I, I don't want to judge her. I'm just saying, I don't know. Uh, and he's saying nothing's happening. He said if these guys were going in to the bush to look for our daughters, we would see them going into the bush, and they don't, they've never seen them. They're not doing anything, in other words. Why can't they not bring military men and ask even one of the parents? We will go and show them the place where our daughters are. When you saw... So evidently they know where their daughters are a lot of the times, but the military has no interest in finding that out. And heard the video of Abu Bakr Shekau yesterday and what he said on that video. What did you think? When I heard the story of Shekau yesterday, most of the women, we mothers, we started crying because we have nobody to help us. Our daughters have been adopted or have been captured as slaves. Now, since that day, we cannot even eat. She is pleading, let them release these girls. They don't know, probably, there is another, one of them are born a president or a doctor or a pastor or a lawyer who will be helpful to the country. Where will they molest these little ones? Please let him release them. There's no mercy in Islam. That's why. Why would they molest these little ones? Well, Look at what I just read you. Look at what I just went over, which is just the tip of the iceberg compared to all the other things I've covered about Islam. There's no mercy in Islam. It is an absolute, unmerciful, evil, totally, totally, totally devoid of any type of love. There is no love of Christ. Allah is a God of hate, spite, malice, and evil. When you worship a fallen angel, when you follow a fallen angel, this is going to be the fruit and the byproduct of that. Why Boko Haram is so hard to understand? Because their name isn't even their real name. Boko Haram is the name many associate with the loose-knit group of Islamist terrorists based in northern Nigeria. In the local Hausa language, it means Western education is forbidden, but the group's actual name is a mouthful. It's Jamatu Alis Suna Lida Awati Wal Jihad. That means people committed to the propagation of the Prophet's teachings and jihad. Most experts agree the group started in 2002 under the leadership of Muhammad Yusuf, 
and then took an extremist turn in 2009 after Yusuf was killed, apparently by Nigerian security forces. Abu Bukhar Shekau took over as a primary leader. NGOs say the group has killed thousands since then. Here's what Boko Haram says they want. 1. A stricter version of Sharia law than the one currently in place in northern parts of Nigeria. And we always know that brings about really good stuff. Stricter Sharia law. You know, where you would live 24-7 under this tear that they're trying to implement on, you know, their little raids or whatever. You know, so, you know, it's just about imposing their will, killing at will, and, and if you don't like it tough, we'll kill you too. Two, an end to Western education because it's run by infidels. And these guys are so holy. I mean, these are the, we're, we're all infidels, and they're all so holy. I, I just love the, the hypocrisy. They can do all manner of evil and debauchery and insane, demon-possessed things, but they're, they're the good guys. We're the bad guys. Well, they can't stand the thought of anybody being educated outside of whatever Islam would brainwash you into thinking. This is why they can't stand any type of, quote, Western education. Now, I'm not for secular Western education where they're teaching you to be on some ungodly devil, okay, but you get the point. They want total control over the information going into a student's head, okay, just like Hitler, just like Stalin, just like any other satanic regime. They want total control because they know if they can get the children in one generation, they've essentially got the country. All in the name of being educated. Three, death to those who don't share their beliefs. And four, death to a government they see as corrupt and blasphemous. So anyway, I just want to play that little video there because it, it gives you just a tiny bit of background on what are what are these devils about here. So um, then continuing on, because we've already kind of covered what Boko Haram is and what they've done just recently. Um, this is from the Daily Beast. The State Department under Hillary Clinton fought hard, fought hard against placing the Al-Qaeda-linked militant group Boko Haram on its official list of foreign terrorist organizations for two years. Now, all of a sudden, she's supposedly coming to their aid. It's all a show from Hitlery, okay? Um, but she fought hard, just like Obama would, to keep them off any form. We don't want to classify these guys as terrorists. They're great guys. I mean, they're fun guys. You know, obviously, they're, you know, all of all of our all of our best intentions are are at the forefront of their of their mental processes, and and it's obvious, you know, the way they treat others and things of this nature. So, and now lawmakers and former U.S. officials are saying that the decision may have hurt the American government's ability to confront the Nigerian group that shocked the world by abducting hundreds of innocent girls. Sure, they want to let these types of things play out as long as they can. They want to protect these devils as long as they can so that they can do the most damage and carnage, commit the most evil, defile the land as much as they possibly can, uh, participate in all manner of witchcraft, which undoubtedly they are doing, and just bring about the whole satanic New World Order a little bit quicker. Now, for reasons that only Barack Obama can answer, the State Department took far too long to designate the savage group Boko Haram as a terrorist organization. Why wouldn't that surprise us? He's one of them. 
When State Department officials finally did designate it as a foreign terrorist organization, they did so while never mentioning that the people being terrorized were Christians. Of course not. Because that's not noteworthy. Who were being targeted for their beliefs. The media doesn't mention it, but the kidnapped schoolgirls who have finally brought this evil group to international attention are Christians. Boko Haram sets schools ablaze. Boko Haram, see, they really want to, they want to really, when they say Western education, I think what they really mean is any kind of Christian education, which could potentially save their souls and set them free, you know, if it was literally Christ-centered. They don't want that. The devils that possess these vessels of Satan don't want that. So... Of course they're not going to want them to have any kind of... They just... They, 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 it's real convenient for them to say Western education. You know? I don't think Satan would so much mind Western education as he would Christian education. Okay? Boko Haram sets school ablaze. Boko Haram targets teachers, doctors, but above all, Christians. Above all. Of course. This is what this whole part, this part three of this teaching was about and many other parts that I've done. They murdered, they have murdered over 2,596 people in the first three months of 2014. So while this 200 and some girls that they've abducted is a terrible thing, they've also killed um, Muslim boys. They've killed um, 2,596 people just in the first three months of 2014. Almost 2,600 people are dead. Because of these stinking savages. But, you know, that wasn't evidently noteworthy until now, I guess. What possible legitimate concerns could these savages have? Because uh, there was one point where Obama said that I think that um, Boko Haram actually has some legitimate concerns. (sighs) In other words, justifying evidently their actions. But now it's gotten so so far out of hand and that they can't even say that anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and end part three here. And we're going to start into part four. I've probably got at least a couple more parts left. Um, I'm going to go over time and then probably do a fifth part uh, once this next part's done. So God bless you and we'll see you in part four.